Well, happy Thanksgiving. On my, <clears throat> on my way to church, <clears throat> I, um, I received a text from Pastor Mike, <clears throat> so I wanted to share it with you. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving, Pastor Mike would like to thank you for your continued prayers for Julie's family, as Rich, Julie's brother, continues to be in hospice care in BC. They continue to manage his pain. Rich sleeps a lot, and when awake is having meaningful conversations. So God is good. So thank you for your prayers, and you can continue to think of them in these next days. Well, I want to tell you... uh, a story. It's a true story. And it involves a man by the name of, of Will Willimon, who at one time was a bishop in the Free Methodist Church in the U.S. So our friends to the south, did you know? Bishop Cliff says he knows. Anyway, he had, after a busy Thursday afternoon one day, he was on his way home, he'd, he'd just left the church office. And as he was walking, he was approached by what he would describe as a shuffling, forlorn-looking older man. Willimon would say that he was somebody who was kind of down on life, homeless. And the man asked Willimon, he said, could you help me get something to eat? And Willimon admits, he admits that his first thought that went through his head was, yeah, food my foot. You know, he was kind of thinking, he was skeptical, he was skeptical about how maybe this man might spend any money that was given to him. But But he reached into his pocket and he pulled out a $20 bill and he gave it to him. And as the man took it and he began to walk away, he looked back at Willimon and he said to him, he says, I guess you expect me to thank you. And Willimon said, well, you know, I guess I'll thank you. It would be nice. And the man said, well, I ain't. Jesus made you help me. You would have never done that on your own. And the man walked away, and Willimon kind of stood there for a moment, and he closed his eyes, and he asked Jesus, how does that man know so much about you? And Jesus, in his still small whisper, replied, how does he know so much about you? I like that story. And I don't like that story. I like it because it's it's powerful and it's telling. I don't like it because I find it personally convicting about my, my human condition and what I'm like and what I need help with. 
and what I need to be rescued from. But thanks to Jesus and what he has done for me, what he's done for you, what he's done for you and I on the cross, that we, we are going to remember here a little later by celebrating communion. I am a changed person. Still in process, mind you. But I have a gospel-transformed heart through the costly grace of God and through which I can now respond differently. We are starting today, we're starting a, a new three or four part series called Just Be, Be Generous, and it seems rather fitting and biblical that on this Thanksgiving weekend, we are kicking it off with Be Generous, Be Generous with Thanksgiving and praise. And in light of, you know, all that Jesus has, has done for us and the difference that he has made in our lives, we, we ought to. We ought to praise him. Psalm 100 and verse 4 says this. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. It speaks of both praise and thanksgiving. Praise centers on who God is, while thanksgiving focuses on what God has, has done, what he has done for us. And the reality is, is that at some point, the two of those things, they often come together. They often come together at, at some point because God often reveals who he is by what he does. Psalm 106 says this, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? He is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord and fully declare his praise? Scripture urges us, it urges you and me to offer praise prayers to God. Psalm 146 says this, it says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. You can hardly read the Psalms without a sense or without being able to see that we are to praise the Lord. We are to praise God. The word praise, it actually shows up 137 times in the Psalms. 137 times. In fact, Psalm 150 ends with this whole, ends the whole collection of, of all of the Psalms with this rather, you know, rapid-fire praise line. It's kind of reminiscent, you know, when you go to a fireworks show and at the very end of the fireworks, there's like this, you know, bada-boom, bada-bing, you know, there's all these fireworks, rapid fireworks that are on display at the very end? You know what I'm talking about? Psalm 150 says this. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. 
Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. That's the way we heard about dancing today. Well, I guess you do a lot of dancing. Praise him with the strings and flute. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's a, that's a lot of praise. Do you think you and I, do you think we're encouraged to praise the Lord? It appears that there is no amount that is too much to praise God. So I want to give you, highlight for you at least four reasons why we should praise God. And it doesn't mean to say that there isn't more than four. It's just that for our purposes this morning, we're just going to highlight four. And the first one is actually, it's rather obvious. And it's this. It's because he is, he is a great God who is worthy of our praise. Psalm 96 says this. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Get this, for all gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. There, there are other psalms we could point to, Psalm 18, Psalm 29, Psalm 48, Psalm 145. But there is one I, I want to share with you that also gives a list of, of more reasons why we ought to praise the Lord. It's Psalm 100. 103 it says this praise the lord O my soul all my inmost being praise his holy name praise the lord O my soul and forget not all of his benefits so here now here's a sample here's a sample of some of his benefits it says who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. You read just those seven or eight like lines right there, and it's like, oh, Oh, my Lord, thank you. I will, I will praise you, Lord. I will praise you. So one reason that we ought to praise the Lord is because he is worthy of our praise. A second is this. Because through praise we come into and experience God's presence. Offering thanksgiving to God for the goodness that he has shown us in our life is worthwhile of our thanks and praise in and of itself. But God also has designed it so that there is, there is benefit for you and me as well, which just reveals just how good he is. So we're strongly encouraged to come into his presence, you and me, to come into his presence. And a way in which we do that is often by just offering him a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. 
Psalm 100, as we alluded to before, says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. The psalmist tells us that when we come to his gates with a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, he opens up the gates and we come right into his presence. There we experience his presence. Psalm 16. You fill me with joy in your presence, it says. So we come into God's presence through thanksgiving, through adoration, through, through worship, through all of these things, and you will experience him in such a way that you will be filled with, with life. That's reason for us to praise God. Life. Here's the third reason. The third reason why we should praise God is because we experience the joy of the Lord and peace through praise. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says this, the Apostle Paul, he says this, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving. With what? With thanksgiving, right? Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we make our requests to God with thanksgiving, there is a benefit that is being bestowed upon you and I. There's a benefit that's being bestowed upon us, this gift of peace. And not only is there peace, peace in his presence, but there is, as we alluded to before, what the psalmist calls there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy when we come into his presence. Here's the fourth and final reason that we'll talk about this morning. And that is why we should praise God. And it's this, because praise increases our faith to pray with expectation. When you and I, when we turn to wholehearted praise and thanksgiving, when we turn to that, Yes, we enter the presence of the Lord. Yes, we experience him in his presence. And yes, we indeed, we actually have a fullness of joy and peace. But there is also an experience of hope. We have a sense of hope as a result where our strength is renewed. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are very bold with our prayers because when we are filled with this sense of hope, it inspires our faith to pray, faith-filled prayers. And so we pray with a sense of expectation. So there's four reasons why you and I should offer our praise to God. And I've shared a lot of scripture for us having a reason for giving praise and thanksgiving to our Lord. But there's one more verse that I want to share with you. And it's a verse that often we have trouble with. It's a verse that we've all kind of come across, and just to maybe before I share it with you, before I show you what it is, I want to help set it up by just sharing with you something that Mark Batterson writes about 
and he writes about things for which I'm assuming that you're going to be thankful for. This is what he says. He says, if you have food in the refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof overhead, and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of the people in the world's, the world's population. If you have money in the bank, in your wallet, and spare change in a dish someplace, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. Think about that. If you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than the million who will not even survive this week. If you have never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pangs of starvation, you are ahead of 500 million people in the world. If you can attend a church meeting like this, without fear of harassment, arrest, torture, or even death, you are more blessed than three billion people in the world. If you can read this, if you can read this on the screen, you are more fortunate than over two billion people in the world that cannot read at all. So if if all of that is true for you, or at least most of it is, and I'm guessing that it is, then there is much to be thankful for. There is much to be thankful for. And it's rightly so. And there is much reason to be, to be grateful for those realities in your life that are described in those six statements. But those are circumstances for which we are thankful. They are certain circumstances. They are particular circumstances that we are thankful for. And can I suggest this? That if it is only on particular circumstances for which we are thankful, for which we give focus to, for which we are thankful, and only then that we are thankful, then we are simply just looking to our circumstances. Which in other times means that we can often be drowning in maybe some sort of despair in not so good circumstances. Are you with me? And I say all this because there is a verse, as I say, you've all heard it. I know you've all heard it. You've all heard it probably many, many times, and we have trouble with it. When you hear it, when you first hear it, or when you read about it, we struggle with it. And your first impression is like, really? Like, really, Paul? And this is what he says. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
I was thinking of some of you in, in Arlington Woods family, whom I know and who I know somewhat of your story. And I was thinking about, you know what, it'd be totally understandable if you ever thought, you know what, you know what, Paul, you're taking things just a little bit too far. That's an unrealistic, that's an impossible thing for me to say, to give thanks in all circumstances. And for those of you that maybe I don't know that well yet, I'm sure you can point to something in your own personal life, or maybe it's within your surrounding family or some people that you know, where you would say, you know what, I, I can't do that. Do you know what I've been through? Do you know what I'm going through? Do you know what is true about my family? This, this, this is like, this is unrealistic. This is impossible. Howard Hendricks, who was a spiritual giant of the past, and he's, he's gone on to glory now. Um, but at one time, he was kind of a featured speaker within Promise Keepers. So for those of you men that have ever been to one of those big stadium gatherings or stadium events with Promise Keepers. But I remember him recounting a conversation he had with somebody one time, and he asked this guy, he says, how, how are you doing? Because the guy was kind of going through some hardship. And he said, how are you doing? And the guy said, well, under the circumstances. And Howard Hendricks, he looked at him in the eye and he said, what are you doing under there? And what I think Howard Hendricks was getting at is exactly what I think the Apostle Paul is intending for you and I for us to chew on in this verse. Give thanks in all circumstances, for it is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice Paul isn't saying this. Paul isn't saying, give thanks for all circumstances. He's not saying that. He's not saying that you and I should give th you know, thanks for every, each and every circumstance, knowing that there's some bad things, there's some horrible things that you and I can be a part of. He's not saying that. Paul himself, he knew of hardship. He knew of problems. Paul experienced suffering himself. He knows that. So Paul doesn't say, give thanks for all circumstances. No, what does he say? He says what? He says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in who? In Christ Jesus. That little phrase, that little phrase, in Christ, is the foundation of all of our gratitude. Every other gift, every other, every other blessing, every other good thing, it comes and goes. But the reason gratitude makes sense in all circumstances is that our foundation is not in our circumstances. It is in Christ Jesus. God has suffered from and he has triumphed over every circumstance 
in Christ. He has acted in Christ. He has acted in Jesus. And therefore, gratitude is the greatest opportunity you and I have in this life. And to tell God about it. Tell him about it. In the midst of all that's going on in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it happens to be, you can thank him for what he did for you on the cross. You can thank him for knowing him. You can thank him that he is trustworthy, that he will never leave you or forsake you. You can thank him that he is sufficient. You can thank him for his presence. You can thank him for his promises. In all of your praise and your thanksgiving, in all of that, you have an eye on the line of eternity and not simply on the dot of today. For you know what he promises in Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That all things, even the not so good things, are going to be made right in the end. It's a way of being that leads to a living with greater freedom and joy. Sitting around the table at Thanksgiving, I don't know if you have any traditions. I know I've been a part of some family gatherings. I'm thinking particularly of a sister-in-law. She's not here this morning, so it's not this one over here. But, but I'm thinking of a particular sister-in-law that we've been at her place, you know, and we were to go around the table, were to give thanks for something that we are thankful for. And I was thinking that, you know, if we were to do that again this year, or maybe you have something like that, or you do something like that, maybe, maybe we could just kind of alter it, maybe just a little bit. Just a suggestion. Maybe we could just kind of maybe narrow the focus a little bit, maybe this year, if we were to do that. And ask, what is one thing about Jesus that you are thankful for? Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. Regardless of your past or your life circumstances, regardless of whatever you know, that might be, in Christ, remember that phrase, that truth? We have enough mercy. In Jesus, we have enough grace. We have enough strength. In Jesus, we have enough forgiveness. We have enough hope. We have enough blessings. And with Jesus, we have enough to fully restore, to fully heal, to, to fully redeem. In Jesus, we have everything we need. And so with thanksgiving, we offer it all back to him in praise, in honor, in service, in worship. Jesus. Psalm 69.30 says this. I will praise his name with a song and magnify his name with thanksgiving. Let's pray together.
Father, we, uh, we uh, thank you, Lord, for well, we thank you on this Thanksgiving weekend, not just today, but, but every day, and somehow, Lord, thank you just doesn't seem to be enough. But we thank you that in Jesus, you gave the best that you had, that in him and in through him you have acted to defeat guilt and suffering and, and even death, and then... You were resurrected and giving us life through the gift of the Holy Spirit. You gave us the best that you had. And we want to remember that through celebrating the meal that you have left us with. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.